Welcome to This Is Life. Good evening, morning, afternoon, wherever, however you are listening to the this week's episode. Uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, again, every time I say it, I mean it. Thank you guys so much just for listening, for downloading, for sharing, for leaving reviews. We got a couple new ones this week. In fact, I find it kind of funny. I, I'll take whatever blessing I can. You know, one of the things of having my name, Sean Johnson, uh, is that it is also the same name as a as a celebrity. Obviously, the gymnast Sean Johnson. And uh, she was in the news recently uh, because uh, her and her husband actually had been trying to have a baby for a long time, and I definitely know, understand that. My wife and I dealt with our own issues with infertility and things of that nature before we were had the blessings of being able to adopt our current daughter. But anyway, uh, she just Sean Johnson, the gymnast, just recently had a baby. Yeah, so it's been in the news. It's really exciting. You know, I'm a fan of hers, not just because of her name, just because I think that she's just a really overall good person. She was in the 08 uh, Olympics in Beijing, you know, and it just it was a really good time just for the, the country and everything backed it up. Well, anyway, um, yes, her name is Sean Johnson, right? So I get that a lot. Like, it's funny, like, when people hear my name, like, if I go to, let's say, if I get an order at a takeout restaurant or... Um, you know, if I go on a tour of some sort and they have to say your name, you know, yeah, Sean Johnson. And of course I always get that pause after they say it. Like, and I'm like, I know, I know I look different on TV, <laughs> you know? And it's like, yeah, no. So I had one lady who was like, I remember ordering food at a restaurant and the lady's like, uh, your name is Sean Johnson. Okay. Are you going to do like tumbling on your way in? I'm like, I wish, believe me, if, if I could, I absolutely would. Well, anyway, the point of this is that Sean Johnson has her own series of podcasts. And I wondered about that. Like, I wondered if I would end up getting some of her audience, which is okay. Hey, if you want to listen to the show, I would be more than happy to share an audience with Sean Johnson, the, the celebrity. Uh, but some of the reviews actually that have been left on the, uh, iTunes, uh, review actually are, I think inadvertently on this show's page instead of the other Sean Johnson's page, you know, so I find it humorous and, uh, maybe, you know, you should, you should go check them out and while you're there, maybe leave a review yourself. Uh, but anyway, if you go to iTunes search, this is live for Sean Johnson, scroll down to the very, very bottom and you'll see, uh, the reviews and ratings and that kind of deal. And a few of them are congratulations on your baby. In fact, one of my best friends, Matt, as you guys know, here on the show, he even texted me that the day of Sean Johnson's birth, having the baby. And he's like, congratulations on your new baby. And of course I'm like, I didn't get it at first. I'm like, a new baby? I mean, I, I'm sure I'm down for it, but it's not as easy. Like I said, we have infertility. It's just not as easy for us just to have a baby. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, Sean Johnson was pregnant. <laughs> like, did my wife not tell me something? Has she been pregnant this whole time? I am sure, pretty sure I would have noticed that. I mean, she's pretty little, so I'm like, eh, no, anyway. So pretty exciting. Um so anyway, so I say that because, you know, we got some reviews, and uh, it just always makes me laugh. So... Anyway, uh, so while you're there, check them out. They maybe leave a review. I'd really appreciate it. But again, we really appreciate all you guys listening. Uh, just it really means a lot to me that uh, the show's meant something to you. And today I don't have an inter fun interview. I don't have an interesting interview. I have just you. Just, you guys have just me, myself, and I. But I believe that what I want to share today is something that everybody, even if you're, if you're a Christian or if you're not a Christian, if you're a believer or non-believer, everybody. If you want to be 
not only successful in this world, but just to to really experience life absolutely the best, most possible way in your relationships with people in general. I think that today's topic will help all of us do that. You know, when we are engaging ourselves in relationships, whether they be relationships with our family, whether it be our our spouses, our children, you know, people who are close to us, maybe even brothers and sisters, uh, and then even branching out to like our coworkers, our bosses, you know, sometimes that can be really, really tough. Sometimes when our bosses are our family, like is my case, is definitely difficult, more difficult than I think even just your average relationship. And even just with strangers in general, I think that one of the things that separates us from the animal kingdom is that we're able to not only communicate, but like communicate on a deeper level. Um, You know, we aren't just basing our encounters with other beings and human beings through instinct only. We are actually developing relationships and building camaraderie and, and, and just having, and just really friendships, you know, that, that means something to us. And, and I was just actually here recently at a, a really good example, just because you're around a lot of people doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have good relationships. You have to actually branch out and, you know, put yourself even at risk. And I'm just as guilty, you know, even though you hear me talk about on the show all the time about going and making new friends and talking to people and this kind of deal, Guys, I'm just as guilty sometimes of keeping my mouth shut and keeping closed when I have very good opportunities to go and meet new people or to talk to people or to get to relate to I want to other people of different types than myself, you know, people who are from other parts of the country or even the world and where I'm from. And I mean, everybody, I believe, has a story to share. And, and the more questions that we ask, the more better people we become ourselves. But I hear like recently I was in Los Angeles. Um, I was there for a big convention for my work. Uh, it's a, it was a creative con- conference. Uh, they're not sponsored the show, so I won't give the company's name out. But basically it was a big group of people, about of over 10,000 people, who use this creative software for their jobs and their hobbies and things of that nature. And, uh, and so, you know, this is for video production, for graphic design, audio. I mean, just any kind of cr- digital creation. This company is one the forefront on it well anyway i went there to not only gain a new uh insights for myself and to go to the classes and to really learn about how i can hone my craft and be more creative and be more technology savvy you know with with what i do every day but also just to be around other creative people and one of the biggest takeaways that i learned just real quick before i get to my point one of the things that i learned is that i don't give myself enough credit for the things that i'm able to do in fact one of the i'll try and make this as the best way to explain it as possible and i hope you get what i'm about to say because it was really powerful to me so if you get it you're cool if not just fast forward i guess the speaker said she she asked a group a room i give about 10,000 people how many in here how many of you can draw and of course, uh, you know, about 20% of 10,000 plus people raise their hand, you know, a, a percentage, but a small percentage, they raise their hand. Okay. Then the question, the next question she asked was how many of you at uh, one time, maybe when you were a child, how many of you drew and, you know, draw something, you created some sort of art. And of course, everybody's hand rose up. I think, you know, I think the first thing I really learned how to draw was, was a bat signal, right? It was a big, you know, day for, I was big in the, uh, in the eighties, late eighties. I was just kind of growing up and Batman was a big deal when the Michael Keaton movie came out. And so I just dedicated myself to per- perfecting the, the bat symbol. And I can still say to this day, you know, 30 years later, I can still do an incredible bat 
bat symbol. Anyway, Batman symbol. But of course, along the way, just like anybody else, you know, who doesn't draw anymore or is not, you know, she, you know, we stop. You either just get out of the habit or something tells you or somebody tells you you can't draw or you tell yourself you can't draw. And so therefore, that was her point. She's like, how many of you, when you were a child, you drew? How many, you know, you created art? And of course, everybody's hand rose. And she goes, well, why did you stop or what made you stop? Like, you know, you never stopped the ability to draw. You just stopped drawing. So, of course, she asked her hand. She asked again, how many of you in here can draw? And, of course, now everybody with that new understanding, they raised their hand. And that really kind of got my brain thinking. Like, I don't think that we give ourselves enough credit. And I'm talking about for my, me personally about the things that we can do there are things that we've made do we may not be able to do them well by no means is the local art gallery going to ask me to come and do a you know a whole show for them and then put things on the uh, on the wall for, for them to offer for their you know permission or for, for their you know the visitors to come see however you know my daughter if i you know if i want to draw her a, a, an animal or you know or a scenery or a stick person you know just as you know if i want to play tic-tac-toe with her i mean that's even a form of drawing in other words finding just ways for you to do things that you don't think you can do even though you have the ability to do them can really be a valuable tool and i think that we don't give ourselves enough credit when it comes to relating with others, I think a lot of people say, well, I'm too shy or I just don't like people. You hear that a lot in today's day and age. I just don't like people. Um, and to me, that's very, very sad because I think that most people are good people. I mean, yes, you have your bad apples. Yes, you have people who you don't necessarily want to be around it. You don't have to be around those people. You don't have to give those people mind, but that's really the minimal amount. I mean, most people in society and in life that you and I are going to come in contact with, they're good people. They have people who have a story. They have people who have made decisions, good decisions, bad decisions. They're people just like you and me. And especially as believers, we're commanded by Jesus to go you therefore into all the world and preach the gospel. So we're kind of actually commanded to go out and meet people and, and engage in people and have an understanding of, of relationships with other people. So I say this to say, again, I was in a group of 10,000 people plus. And guys, I got to tell you, I was there by myself. I didn't know anybody else there. Uh, I didn't meet anybody new. And that's very sad for me to say. I mean, sure, I... You know, I may have like small talk in a line or when I ordered pizza for Domino's one night or whatever. Oh, shameless plug. When I did the, that, yeah, I talked to somebody, but it was always fulfilling a need. It was not like I was sitting there asking them about themselves uh, or gaining a friendship. And it's amazing how you can be in the middle of thousands of people and yet still feel so lonely. And that's really ought not be. And I, I wasn't doing myself any favors by doing that. And I wasn't giving, you know, and it wasn't anybody else. Getting, they didn't get to know me either. I think I have something to offer. You have something to offer. You listening. You have something to offer people. You may not think you do, but you have a story. You have, you know, special, wonderful, unique things about you that other people can not only relate with, but even grow and learn from themselves. But if we just keep bottled up or we keep away from people we, or we just don't talk or we don't engage or we don't even put ourselves in the position to 
be acknowledged, I'm not talking about being noticed, but just be acknowledged, then we're just going to continue doing the same old same thing. We're going to continue just to focus too much on our work or focus too much on technology or focus too much on, you know, our own insecurities. We're going to focus on all these things that are just distractions from what I believe is the real gem of life. And that is relationships with people. Relationships with people is the one thing that was free. doesn't cost anything. You know, it, it, it doesn't it take away any value from you. In fact, it enhances your value, enhances my value is by just getting to know and wanting to experience people. And this is why I'm so happy for the, the the platform of this show of This Is Life, because it allows you to hear a conversation and me to be a part of a conversation with unique people with unique experiences. Yes, some of them are going to be tragic, like we talked about with Jessica and about Ari and CJ, and of course I have and I have Chris coming who's coming in later to discuss his side, no, not necessarily his side, but basically from his point of view about how he had to deal with the loss of his daughter. And that, that'll be in the forthcoming weeks. Of course, you hear my fun experiences and talks with Matt about our, my trip to Canada. Uh, I have a couple people lined up here soon that we're going to be talking to just about their life stories. Remember we talked about the Aaron and, and just as a teenager and struggling with today, you know, the, 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 the epidemic of depression and anxiety and, and suicide, I mean, just getting to talk to people about where they are and who they are and what they believe just really, I think, is what makes us as human beings so unique and so just beautiful, if you ask me. So here's the thing. I want to kind of go to Scripture because I think Scriptures are the uh, – my belief is that the Bible's the the place where we can gain the most understanding and wisdom and gives us directions for how we're really to live our life in the absolute best possible way. I want to go to the scripture in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. And I'm going to read it in several different versions so we can kind of really get a, a, a good understanding of what this particular scripture means. I'm going to read out of the NIV first, Philippians 2, 3. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, it's a very key word, in humility, value others above yourselves. All right, I'm going to go to now the King James Version, and then I'm going to end with the Amplified. So the King James Version, Philippians 2, 3. Let nothing be done through strife, which is, you know, some sort of contention or anger, or, or vainglory. So let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. It's all about myself, you know, no, we conceded. But in lowliness, so humility, lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Okay? Now the amplified version, which we'll stop here and we'll kind of talk a little bit about. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. And then it has parentheses, through factional motives or strife. But with an... Attitude of humility, being neither arrogant nor self-righteous, this is the key. Regard others as more important than yourselves. Okay, I once heard a preacher say that in every single interaction that he had, okay, in life, this would be with his people in his church, with his family, you know, he'd go to the store and there'd be, you know, the, the customer service people, wherever, he just meet even strangers on the street. He would always start with every interaction in his brain thinking, 
this person is more important than me. Now, I know that's weird. We're continually told, you know, and, and, and I understand there's value and there's merit in it, how to really to, to, to think highly of ourselves, to, to believe in yourself, to, you know, see your, your own importance. And all of those things are absolutely true. I think that we don't, like I said earlier, we don't give ourselves enough credit for the things that we're able to do. And now I'm saying that we need to put ourselves down to put somebody else up. But what I am saying is that we ought not put ourselves above somebody else. Okay. There's a big key there. And also I think it's important that we understand that they are more important to me. When I'm engaging with somebody, when I'm talking with somebody, whether it be, let's say, if, let's say, okay, let, for a good example, it'd be like if you were to go on a, on a first date, okay? It's been a while since I've been in the dating game, but I know enough that if I'm on a date with a girl, that the last thing I need to do and want to do, and any woman out there is going to be shaking their head and nodding yes, the last thing I want to do is go out there and just spend the whole hour talking about myself and how great I am and all the things that I do about how much money is in my bank account, how about how the, all the successes I have in my job, about all the trophies I won in sports, I mean, or whatever it is. I mean, that's the last thing that a woman w wants from a man that she's trying to date and possibly see herself in a relationship with. Is somebody just going to sit there and just talk all, literally all about themselves? I mean, generally, that's when the the, the, the phone becomes more interesting than the person that you're talking to because the texting comes up and you'd rather be listening and having an actual engaging conversation on the phone than you would be hearing this other person across from you just talk all about themselves. Now, the contrary to that, the best and right thing to do and not only in a dating situation but any situation is to get to know the other person ask questions about them you know i you know we ask them if they like to travel ask them if they you know uh you know, what kind of music they like or do they like do, they, do you guys like do you like to dance or um, I mean, what do you, do you read often? Do you, you know, what, if you, if you could go anywhere right now, if you could just, you know, wave your magic wand and go anywhere you want, where would you be? I mean, just asking questions about the other person that shows interest in them will go a long way to build a relationship rather than just sit there and just talk of all about yourself. Remember, it's not about putting your, it's not, not about putting them above you as much as it is you not putting yourself above them. Remember, the Bible tells us, I'll go back to the NIV version, Philippians 2, 3, says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourselves. Verse 4, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Okay, verse 5, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who in the very nature of being and who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used of his own advantage. Okay, if anybody could think highly of themselves, it ought to be Jesus, right? I mean, he was, again, he, he had an equality with God, but just because of that, he did not seek that to his own advantage. Verse 7, rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. In other words, he didn't become a servant, but he took on the identity of a servant, somebody who was there to give only just to give and to 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 see that the needs of others are met before himself being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death even death on a cross on a cross so think about it if jesus himself 
the one who really has every right to think of himself more highly than others. You know, he is he's equal with God. He's the son of God. He is God in flesh, right? If anybody who's ever walked his face of this earth can consider, should be able to consider themselves highly more to than others, that would be Jesus. And he said, no, even though I am the son of God, and even though I was born of a virgin, and even though I there's miracles that come out, and we, you know, people are literally putting holes in the ceilings just to hear me talk, I consider myself having the nature of a servant. In other words, I am here to serve others and others only. I believe that God's going to take care of me. My job is to serve you. Think about what would this world be like if the majority, I'm saying not everybody, but even just the majority, let's say even 50% of people, of society, of, of, of just in general, thought that kind of way. Think about it. How much of an impact would this be? I mean, what if you voted for leaders based on that merit? Not on what they can, not about, that's, that's the one thing that drives me crazy about voting season, right? Is every single, that there's two types of ads. There's either the ad that's slinging mud and telling you all the things bad about the other person, or they're an ad telling you all about how awesome that they are. And, and it, but it's nothing about, hey, here's how, what I'm going to do to serve you. And my friends, that's really the crux of Christianity in general. Whenever we put ourselves in a position to where we think that we're higher or better or do uh, are more important than somebody else, we're hurting ourselves and hurting really the body of Christ and hurting the world uh, as well. Galatians chapter 6, I believe. Let me go there real quick. Uh, while I'm kind of turning there, guys, if you can go, if you want to, you can go there too or whatever. But let me go there. Galatians chapter 6. Okay. Now this particular scripture is talking about how do we handle, let's say if somebody is, comes to us and they're really struggling with sin, or maybe we caught somebody in some sort of sin, okay? Maybe it's, and let's just say even just, okay, I guess for general purposes, we could talk about just the world, right? Uh, number one, we ought to remember that the Bible's very clear and that it's just common sense that the world knows that they're sinning, okay? Not a newsflash. I think anybody who doesn't, who, who you know, knows that right versus wrong, which I think is most people do. And if they don't, it's generally because they turned a blind eye. They don't really care about what's right or wrong anymore. But most people know when they mess up, they messed up. Uh, I mean, even animals know that, right? And my, my late bulldog, Isabella, whenever she would, you know, uh, knock over her food bowl or maybe use the restroom, you know, she would, she would poop in the hallway or something, or, you know, she would do something that was ornery or wrong, you know, just her face. When I say Bella, I mean, she just knew. I mean, obviously, that dad did something that was not that daddy wasn't happy with. Um, society as a whole generally knows when they are doing wrong. I'm not so much interested in telling everybody what they're doing wrong. I think that the scriptural approach is to tell people how that they can do right. We are solution as, as believers. We have the solution. We're not here just to tell everybody the problem. The problem is great and big and is very, very well known. But the solution is not well known, and the solution obviously is Jesus Christ. Galatians six, Galatians six actually tells us how we are to restore one another. Okay, I'll read it, and then uh, uh, we'll talk about it. 
Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. Everyone repeat after me. I know you can't, I can't hear you, but just in your own head, in your own, I mean, if you're in your car, say it out loud, gently, okay? That's important because that's going to be really the foundation of the rest of the scriptures. But watch yourselves, are you also maybe tempted? Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Again, that goes back to Philippians 2.3, about think of each other better or more important or more value. When you see somebody else who is going through something, who is suffering sin or even suffering the consequence of sin, it's not, that, it's not time just to sit there and rail on them and yell at them and, and beat them physically, spiritually, emotionally, in any kind of way. The time is not to sit there and just to rail and just go off about how they're doing terrible. Like when my daughter does something wrong, we let her know when there's an acknowledgement of wrongdoing. Hey, do you understand? That, okay, a great example of that is here just, just last night, right? Daughter got a note from school saying that she she's in kindergarten, right? She got a note from school. The teacher saying that she is having a hard time sitting with the other students, that she's kind of rolling around and chewing on her necklace, and she's just not all around paying attention. Now, I could sit there and, and have that note in front of me and just yell at my daughter, tell her she needs to listen, that the, that the teacher you know, wrote us this note and was telling us all about all the bad things that she's doing in school. And I could just really just sit there and just rail on her and yell on her and get mad at her. Or I could say, listen, baby, all right, here's what your teacher told us. And I said, you know, and I just read the things off. I said, here's, you need to understand that mom and daddy, we're not mad at you, but we are very, very disappointed because we know that you are able to make better choices than the choices you've been making at school. And even though just that acknowledgement that to my daughter, that mom and daddy were disappointed was enough for her to just break down in tears because she at that point realized that her bad behavior and her missing up at school has now crossed over to where I've disappointed the most important people in my life, which is mommy and daddy. And so there's an acknowledgement. There's obviously a consequence. There were several things that we did last night that we did not do last night that are fun things before bedtime that we omitted. You know, a lot of times, like before she gets a bath, she gets like 10, 15 minutes to play in the bathtub and toys and everything before we took that away and a couple other things that, you know, that, that she likes to do because we wanted her to know that. But the major point of it was, though, is that we were seeking her into restoring her gently and in restore restoration. We weren't going to sit there and just yell at her and get all sorts of angry about the problem. But what we were going to do is that we were going to help her find the solution. And we asked her, how can you make better choices tomorrow? How can you... You know, acknowledge to your teacher that you understand that you made mistakes and what are you going to do to improve next time? Now, I understand this is very elementary, literally elementary. We're talking about a kindergarten here. So what do you do if you catch your spouse cheating? What do you do if somebody, you know, um, beat up your kid like a bully? What do you do if you, 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 your son or daughter or somebody you're close to, even your spouse, has an alcohol problem. And I get the, all of those things. We're not just talking about rolling around on the carpet. We're talking about these are life and death issues that are serious in nature. Now, I think the first and foremost is the person's going to have to come in and be acknowledgement of their sin, of their issue, okay? Because obviously it's affecting you, and the first thing you're going to do is want to get angry, and that's why it says very, very carefully in, in the beginning of that scripture, what does it say? 
to uh, be watch yourself so that you may be tempted. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be tempted to the sin, but you're going to be tempted to get angry, tempted to overreact, tempted to become violent or, or, or upset yourself, or even just go into all sorts of depression and anxiety. I mean, these, these type of things, you have to be really, really careful. So you have to watch yourself. And, you know, I think the biggest thing is how are you going to restore a person gently? I think if someone is caught into a sin and they have acknowledgement and true forgiveness and true repentance. That's one thing. That's something we can work with. But if they don't, then what do you have to work with? And I don't think that's what this is talking about. I think this is talking about somebody who wants to be restored. This is how you go about doing it. But it doesn't mean that you or I should just sit there and, and, and either, because what good does it do? Even if they are not going to change, it, you, what good is it going to do? You just, you and I just keep railing and being mad and angry and, you know, forcing our thoughts on them and our, our pain doesn't do any good. All right, let's get to reading scripture. Verse three, if anyone thinks there's something when they're not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructors. So if we receive good news and instruction from the scripture, it's important that we share all those good things with everybody else. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whosoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whosoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Real quickly, what this is saying is that there's going to be times where if someone is caught into a sin and they are not repentant, they are not wanting to change, it's not going to do any good just to sit there or even hold a sign and yell at their faces. This is why it drives me crazy when I go on YouTube and I type in street preachers. And I even was going to have an audio here, but it just wasn't really worth it because it's not hard. If you want to go and see examples, just do exactly what I just said. Go to YouTube and type in street preachers and you'll see some, I guess, okay, you know, there's there's some, there's not all bad street preachers, but a lot of them are just sitting there. In fact, I saw one guy had a shirt on and it said, you are a, or you're a whore. That's literally what his shirt said with a big finger pointing out on his shirt. I'm like, what good does that do the body of Christ? It does nothing. It instigates and it gives you, as the one who's wearing the shirt, attention. But it does nothing for the body of Christ whatsoever. It just causes uh, strife. Remember, let Bible, the Bible says very plainly, let nothing be done in strife or vainglory. That's about as strife and vainglory as you can get. So anyway, what this is saying is that whosoever pleased to the sows to please the flesh will from the flesh reap destruction. Whosoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Everybody and every single living thing will be able to reap what they sow. God is not mocked. God is very just, and God is very plain. And there's going to be some people that when they find themselves caught into a sin, that they're going to repent and they're going to change and they're going to re be restored. And some people are just not. But that's not our job. Our job is not to sit here and be the sin police in this world. Our job is to be here to be an example of light, love, and restoration and grace to the world. So that those who do want that will have a no place that they can come and they can find it. But those who choose not 
not to, those who choose to continue to hurt themselves, hurt other people, to, to, to just be selfish, I suppose, and, and just continue to cause pain and suffering, that's what's going to continue to be reaped for them. Pain and suffering, and the Bible says even eventually destruction. So let us not be weary in doing good. For the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I understand it's very tough. When we're living in the world, when we're living around so many people who are making bad decisions and choices, and even ourselves having to you know, endure some of the consequences of our own actions and our own decisions, it can be very difficult. We cannot definitely have get really tired and get really weary and get really just frustrated. But the Bible says, don't be weary and well-doing. Yeah, I think that there's just a, there's a, we have to be very mindful of the decisions that we're making so that they are beneficial to us and to others. If they're not beneficial to us and others, we just don't waste our time. You know, we look every single opportunity that we have, every single decision that we're going to make, every relationship that we encounter and ask ourselves, is this going to be worth it? Is this going to be beneficial? Is this going to be fruitful? Is this encounter with this person, place or object or thing going to be, you know, something that I'm going to look back at and find it fondly, remember it fondly, or is it going to cause me strife and anger and ish situations? Sometimes we just have to just walk away from situations that are very, very painful. But the Bible is very clear that God will make sure that those all the things that's supposed to happen will end up happening. Verse 10, therefore, as we have the opportunity, this is important, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let's do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. We, we, that, that's our mandate, guys, is that we, that's, that's who Christians are supposed to be. We're supposed to be the people who have a reputation. We are the people who are supposed to have the reputation of doing and being good to all people. We don't have that reputation. We have, I'm sorry, we just don't. Most people think of Christians and they think of self-centered, of, 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 of vanity. They think of, uh, you know, uh, just, I mean, we'll just, name, just name it. Just name whatever negative uh, uh, adverb or adjective, and that's pretty much, yeah, that you're going to think of uh, most people's idea of what a Christian's like. And I'm just, I'm tired of it. I'm, I'm tired of, of, of Christians getting a bad rap. And again, I'm tired of it mostly because we're doing it to ourselves. That's why there's this program, because I'm hoping that somebody out there listening can just agree with me and be like, you know what? The word needs to be spread. The Christians need to be better people. We need to be thinking more, how can we please God and how can we take care of others rather than how can we take care of ourselves and please ourselves? And that's really, I, I know that that's difficult because it's not what the really a lot of churches are talking about. A lot of churches, you know, want to talk about is how can we please and better ourselves, but I'm just trusting God to take care of me. You know, I, I will say I will be a servant to my family. I'll continue to provide the best I can. But at the end of the day, God's the one who's in charge. God's the one who's taking care of, of myself, of my family and myself. And my job as the as a as a believer is to go therefore into all the world and preach the gospel to bring the solution. And this is Galatians six says to restore gently. This is so the sinless world. 
we got to just look at it and see it. Are we going to sit here and just let it overrun us and rule us or even become a part of us? Or are we going to see ourselves as the solution because we have Jesus inside of us to go therefore into all the world and preach the gospel so that we can truly restore this world back to the way it was intended by the creator. You know, understand that, right? Like when God created Adam and Eve and created the world, the entire world was created so that we can not only please God, but that he can be pleased by us. And that, 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 we, he, that he can also engage and have a wonderful relationship with people. And that's why Jesus was here, to restore that union between man and the Father. And to have that understanding of perfect love. I mean, Jesus truly was the perfect example of love and of servanthood and of giving. I mean, all of obedience to the Lord. And that's what we're all striving to be like. We're all striving to be like Jesus. We're striving to look at the four Gospels and be like, how can I make sure that my life is as close to what Jesus' life was like in the four Gospels? How can I look at those four Gospels? How can I read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Sermon on the Mount? How can I take those examples of, 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 of decisions, right, of good decisions versus bad decisions, and how can I apply them to my life? How can I make them just not only be black and white and red pieces of, on, of words on paper and really apply them to who I am as a person? That's what's going to make a difference in this world, not voting for, you know, or you know, uh, preaching on the corners. I mean, I, all these things, I guess, they may have their place. You know, we can vote in leaders that we think are going to do good, or we can go out to the street corners with signs. But honestly, the true evangelism comes from things that you've, you and I have already done today, and that's just talk to people. That's just engaging in people. That's just finding new ways to... Um, to just get to know one another. And so I'm going to encourage you guys from this, from this, from this show, I pray that there's one thing that you have, you have gained. And that is that you will, in every interaction that you go out with people, that you will say to your mind, just like I said at the beginning, you are more important than me. You will have more value than me. You are better than me. To have that mindset when you're interacting with people, even people you don't necessarily like. Try that for try that on for size. That's different than most people will tell you. But yeah, try it. Just go in every single interaction you have and just think in your mind as you're talking, engaging with a person, you have more value than I do. You are better than me. You have you are more important than me. And I promise you, if you go in there with that kind of mindset, your engagement with that person will not only be more healthy, it will be more long-lasting. And even with somebody who you may consider to be an enemy may end up being your best friend one day. Who knows? Think about it. This is scriptures. You know, I, I believe the scriptures are true and, and, and tried and have been around for generations. And there's no reason to think that then 2019, these scriptures don't still hold the same kind of value. Oh, all right, guys. Well, I love every single one of you. I hope that today has been a blessing to you. Uh, stay tuned. we got some really exciting uh, episodes coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, there will be a podcast episode after Thanksgiving, so uh, definitely take it with you. Maybe share with your friends and family that there's a show you've uh, been listening to and that it's been kind of fun and you like it. And, you know, let's just kind of get the word out that, that we do exist, that the show is around. And, uh, you know, again, if you guys can go on to iTunes, put a review on there. Uh, we're all over the place. So we're on Stitcher. We're on um, Apple uh, Podcasts. We're on the Google Podcast page. We're on um, pretty much take your pick of any podcast app and we're on it. So uh, by all means, share it as much as you can. I really appreciate it. Guys, until next time, aloha and mahalo. Mm-hmm.